0: Join Utah Stem Cells Live in studio with a Big Show on Wednesday the 29th from 3 to 6 p.m. as we discuss stem cells joint regeneration treatments and other beneficial uses of stem cells to treat various conditions throughout the body. DJ and PK, it is time now to talk college basketball with Ken Pomeroy from KenPom.com. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ken, good morning. Good morning, David. Good morning, PK.
1: Kenneth, Kenneth, Kenneth. How the heck are you? Ah, uh,
2: I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Mark
1: Pope loves you.
2: He does. Well, that's good. I, I have fondness, certain fondness for him as well.
1: Well, because I think about all the ratings you had him that BYU the highest, so of course they're going to love you.
2: Oh, see, I thought it was some sort of personal thing. Like, he no, loves no, it's no, no, Strictly trans- transactional.
0: What can you do for him? That's it.
2: You're saying he loves my algorithm. <laughs> Does
1: anybody ever say, "Hey, I'll slip you a few bucks if you move us up"? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I don't think it's have really ever gotten that far. But uh, well, let it be known. <laughs> what usually happens. What usually happens is people want me to move them down early in the season, and then late in the season they want me to move them up. So it gives you know gives the fan base the appearance that they uh, perform some sort of miracle or something.
1: Oh, so the coaches look
0: good. They look at the job we did.
2: Exactly. They want to lower expectations in the beginning and, and
0: raise them at the end. <laughs> nice. That's been true for decades. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know, but I didn't know it reached your level, though.
2: Nope, it's definitely reached my level. Nope, I had a certain certain discussion before the season with a Big 12 coach who was uh, a little puzzled as to why I had them rated so high in the preseason. And <laughs> it turns out they ended up being a, a really good team,
0: so you can maybe connect the dots on who that is, but uh, I probably have a half a dozen conversations like that every year. Yeah, just tell them, because I'm a genius coach. Back off. Yeah, exactly. All right. well let's get to the BYU for the people who haven't clicked on KenPalm.com and exactly why uh, Mark Pope would like you. You've got BYU at number 21. So that's a team that Cannot just get in the tournament. That's a team that can win a game, be in the second round, and there probably isn't that much of a difference. Sixteen teams advance, obviously, to the second week. There's not that much of a difference. That's not an outrageous thought that they could do that. What about their schedule has got them number twenty one in Ken dot com?
2: Yeah, and it's not, you know, not so much about their schedule, but it's more about what they've done against it. Their schedule hasn't been, you know overly difficult, although I do have it rated 41st overall so certainly pretty solid considering they're you know probably about to take some hits here as they get into the thick of west coast conference play but uh i mean you you gotta give the cougars credit like they're their offense ranked 12th and obviously you know they haven't had the child for most of that schedule and you look at what he did last night coming back from the the finger injury and he obviously uh adds a, a new dimension to that team that uh you know it's pretty huge. I mean he went for 26 points, 9 rebounds. I took 20 shots. I mean he was just the focal point of the offense and kind of gives you know their their three really solid guard shooters more space, less defensive attention allows them to to kind of do what they need to do. So uh so I don't know if I buy that BYU is necessarily a, the 21st best team, but they're they're pretty good. It's definitely a team that uh could be favored in a first-round matchup in the in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, Ken, because with all these seniors, This is a one-shot deal. You know, they were put together. Mark Pope comes in his first year. They're not going to build towards anything. It's going to be whatever they get this year, and then there's going to be, obviously, they all move on, and and they start it up again for BYU. So they want, certainly, obviously, to have success this year as much as they possibly can. And do you think that they can get a favorable seed? Because if you get in as a play-in game or what have you, and you're one and done, because of the fact that, well, they can't say, man, we're just getting started it kind of puts a little damper on it so back to it do you think that they can have that opportunity to win a game and possibly even two
2: yeah uh so sure they can definitely win a game uh it kind of remains to be seen what the seed will be i mean you look at a lot of the people that that do this and you know they're still hovering in that 9 10 11 range so um that's not the kind of seed that you necessarily springboard for a you know a deep run but uh, they're, you know, they. As I said, they, you know, they very well could be favored in that first round match, or even if they're on the wrong end of a seven ten game. I mean, that said, they still have some more to do. The WCC is not terribly friendly, to building, you know, to expanding your your tournament resume. I mean, they got the the two shots or you know one each against St. Mary's and Gonzaga left, and both at the Marriott Center. And after that, you know, it's a bunch of games that really only hurt your resume. So. Uh, it's hard to really, unless, you know, BYU just wins out, like, it's hard to imagine them rising, you know, to a, you know, 5, 6, or 7 seed, one of those seeds that, especially on that 5 line where you, you know, you win that game, you play a 4 seed, like, that's kind of your path to getting to the Sweet 16, really. It's hard to see them ending up with that high of a seed, so uh, I'm not too optimistic they can make the second weekend, but, you know, it's the NCAA tournament, so, you know, you never say never, and there's no reason not to, to dream that you could do it. I mean, they do have, certainly, the offense to, to carry them and, and allow them to win a you know, a game against a struggling 2 seed or something like that.
0: Ken Pomeroy joining us from com. Obviously, the poll's been passing the number one spot around. Gonzaga had it uh, for a while. Do you buy the whole thought that there's no separation at the top of college basketball this year?
2: Uh, no, a little bit. Maybe not as much as kind of the predominant narrative uh, would lead you to believe, but certainly it's a year where uh, the top teams are a little bit weaker than usual. You know, you just look at, at my ratings, look at the numbers next to them and compare them to previous seasons, and they're a little bit lower than in past seasons, so um, so in that sense, I would agree. I do think that like Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, I would still throw Michigan State in there, even though I know they're coming off a loss last night and they're going to lose more games in the Big Ten because it's just such a the death march going through that conference but th- those four teams I think are a little bit better than everyone else um, but that said th- there's no juggernaut in there and uh, this is really it's a good year it's a good year to be good if that makes any sense like if you're San Diego State like it's a really good year to do what San Diego State is doing because they're just really kind of maxing out what that program can possibly do in a year where there, there is no great team, and so you know they can look even better relative to the rest of college basketball. So, you know the teams aren't as good as last year, but they're still pretty good. There's not, there's not, I think, as much difference as I'm seeing people talk about.
1: West Coast can they get, they get three.
2: Yeah, they could. I mean, they certainly could. Again, the conference schedule doesn't do anybody favors, and BYU has a, a much better. Uh, non-conference resume than St. Mary's. So there's even more pressure on St. Mary's really to avoid bad losses now and pick up a good win. They still have two games against Gonzaga. So um, that's their benefit to some extent. Gonzaga's really really good. So it's going to be hard to to win a game. And I'm not saying they need to beat Gonzaga, but if they don't win any of those three games against the top teams, they really can't afford a bad loss. So three is in play, but it will uh, take... St. Mary's not, and BYU for that matter, not screwing up a whole lot here down the stretch.
0: And to that point about not screwing up, Utah State, and high hopes, high expectations, and then a couple bad weeks, an awful trip to Cloon Arena. You got them 64th now, but it looks like you only have two Mountain West teams in the top 100. Is it just San Diego State and Utah State? Do they basically got to win the tourney to get in?
2: Yep, yeah. I mean, there's some... Nevada and Colorado State actually jumped into the top 100 this week, but they've been kind of in and out of that. Um, So, yeah, the Mountain West is really uh, actually, uh, I mean, if you're a Utah State fan, um, this is kind of how the WCC is every year, where, you know, they have, the the Mountain West has a great team in San Diego State. If you can, Utah State can somehow go on the road and beat them, that would, um, you know, certainly earn them a national spotlight for the college basketball news cycle the next morning. but then after that, it's you know a lot of games that just aren't going to be viewed as quality wins that are still kind of tough games, especially when you go on the road. Um, but you just don't get any credit for them with the selection committee. So the path of the tournament for Utah State is uh, probably going through the Thomas and Mack Center and winning the Mountain West tournament. And that's really, I think, what, what the team should be building towards. But yeah, it's been you know a little bit of a, a surprise this year for a team that was you know basically a unanimous pick to win that league that um, they're just, so they're still and they're having a solid year, good year, absolutely. But based, you know, relative to expectations, a little disappointing. And even further than that, more disappointing because San Diego State emerged as this dominant team in the league, which really nobody saw before the season.
1: I can't make heads or tails of the Pac-12. Can you?
2: Uh, I mean, you have you know you have some some decent teams at the top. I think Arizona's. Uh, being a little bit underplayed right now, just because they, you know, gotten off to a little bit of a slow start in in league and don't have the quality wins. They've had a, a lot of close losses against good teams, which is the sign a sign that you know they're pretty good. They're not maybe you know are not a top five team, but uh, I would I would just keep an eye on Arizona. They're they're intriguing to me, and Oregon is Oregon. I mean, they have Peyton Pritchard. They have a lot of new parts too, but they have Peyton Pritchard, so uh, some familiarity there, and then. Yeah, after that, it's a, a little bit of a jumbled mess. You know, they they have Colorado, who I think is a pretty solid third team out of that league, and then Stanford is really surprised. And, I mean, they're on top of the conference standings right now, and they're pretty solid. So there's some good teams up at the top there, but obviously, you know, nobody really emerged from, from the pack this year in terms of a Washington or, or an Arizona State, um, USC, you know, obviously UCLA. I mean, they're having a dreadful season. Um so, I think there's some bright spots at the top. More bright spots, certainly, than last year, but it's still not an overly strong conference.
0: Ken Pomeroy, joining us. KenPOM.com. you got all the numbers. People can go to the website and look at it forever, but you feel like, because there's still a lot of games to go, so you're going to get a lot more info to put into this. Is there any teams you look at and think, well, the numbers don't say this team is good, but I'll bet this team's going to jump up and move in my formula here over the next few weeks? Right. Well,
2: um, yeah, we just talked about, about one of those in terms of Arizona. They're up to 12 in my formula, so maybe this is more of reversing the question and just talking about national kind of perception because they're not I think they're in the 20s or something in the AP poll. Um, i probably like consider uh, some, some Big Ten teams as well. Like, Michigan got off to a great start, and since then you know, they've lost a bunch of games. Again, the Big Ten is going to, to do that to teams, so um, Michigan's sitting at 30th right now in my system. I think there's certainly some room for them to um, improve and it, a real deep cut here. I'd throw Alabama in the mix. Uh, currently at 11 and seven, uh, 42nd overall in my system. Uh, first year head coach Nate Oates. There, you know, they started out two and four, and um, probably people didn't think much of Alabama basketball, but um, but they played really well late. Like they're not just four and two, but in, in the SEC play, but they're actually you know pretty much dominating opponents at this point. Um, they get Kansas State this weekend in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, so you know, another good test for them, but I think with a new coach and kind of more of an experienced group, um, that's really a team to watch. Like, they're they're playing much better, and they're also, I mean, a, a little biased, but they're also fun to watch in a year where there necessarily aren't a lot of teams that are fun to watch, where they really play up-tempo, you know, they let the three-pointer fly, and they have had some success with that, so uh, so just keep Alabama in the back of your mind. They're really kind of a bubble team or maybe not even a bubble team at this point, but I do think they'll they'll make some noise here in the SEC and possibly play their way into the tournament.
1: What do you think the committee would do with a team like Kansas which is having a major suspension to an impact player but will come back later in the season in March?
2: Yeah, well I mean Sylvia de Sosa is actually he's a name that people know because he was kind of a an important recruit, but he hasn't had a great year. And obviously at the center of the, the FBI scandal as well, that's part of the reason people know him. But he hasn't had a great year. And I, I mean, that's the the interesting thing. I mean, the only reason he was in that game uh, against Kansas State at the very end, I mean, they, Kansas had their their bench guys in there and then w. DeSosa, who actually, when you look at the numbers, he's basically like one of their five worst players. Like, you know, he does get some minutes in the rotation, but you know, he's basically the third, third big man at this point. So, I, I, you know, hopefully the committee won't won't care. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not one of these people. who think they should care anyway, even if he was a star. Like, it's kind of odd that you know, if, if let's say he, you know really had a huge impact on that team, like the reason he's suspended is because of his own duty, really. So, how are you going to reward the team for that? But, uh, but I don't think they'll really care too much. I mean, again, he's not an impact player. So even if Kansas were to struggle down the stretch. Um, the, the committee would would not put a lot of stock in that and just give Kansas the seed they deserve based on the, their body of work, basically.
0: So, can you put a number, uh, a percentage, on how confident you are that the team is going to, or that the state is going to have one team, at least one team in the NCAA tournament, and not get shut out like it has a couple times in the last three years? Yeah, seventy-five percent sure. You're ninety percent sure. Fifty.
2: Yeah. 50? Well, first of all, I can put a percentage on anything. So that's you know, what I thought. That's why I asked you. Yeah. <laughs> Any request you have, or anything in basketball or outside of basketball, I can I can put a percentage on. But uh, I would say, with respect to this question, uh, yeah, it's pretty high. I mean, it, and obviously a lot of that rests on BYU and the fact that they're kind of on path for an at large. But um, seventy-five, yeah, I, 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 off the top of my head, I think that's a pretty good number—seventy-five to eighty, somewhere in there. Um, you know, BYU making up the bulk of that. There's, you know, basically an out for for Utah State getting a bid, maybe some small bits of percentage points there for Weber State or uh, Southern Utah winning the Big Sky. A miracle run by Utah here, you know, maybe that could happen as well. But most of it rests on, on BYU getting that large and, and Utah State winning the Mountain West Tournament.
0: Ken, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us as always. Okay, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Ken Pomeroy, KenPom.com. A national guy and yet a local guy at the same time.
1: He is that, yes. He's international and, and he lives here. See him occasionally, hang with him.
0: They have a meal or two with him. Your boys. Casually, but yeah. <laughs> Appreciate his work. All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. Coming up. TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Getting ready for the Mavericks Saturday, the Rockets Monday, the schedule's getting tougher, everybody's been waiting for it. Here come the games. We'll talk with Bowler about it next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
3: And now, attention, Top of the Wire One. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Utah Jazz, a couple days off. They're back out at Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock, against the Dallas Mavericks. Zones coverage begins at 2 at the pregame show. Dallas is off today. They beat the Blazers in Portland last night 133 to 125. College basketball, Utah snaps a four-game losing streak with a 67-66 win over Washington. Utah's Washington State tomorrow, 5 o'clock, on the Pac-12 Networks. BYU with a 21-0 run in the second half, beats Pacific 74-60 in Stockton. Cougars are at USF tomorrow, 3 o'clock. You can watch it on KJAZ 14. Weber State blew a 13-point lead and lost to Montana State 62-61. UVU falls to Cal State Bakersfield in overtime, 58-57. Top of the Wire brought to you by Ken Garf, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Get a new Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf, West Valley, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Visit them today. This, this,
3: this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what
0: you want. I don't think that there's a time
4: since maybe 97, 98, where I look at a team and say a championship is within reach. And I know we want to be really careful about talking about that. And I get that. But I think it's time we start allowing that to be part of the conversation because sometimes when we address this team, we talk about this is a team that could make it to the Western Conference Finals. Well,
3: I think it's okay to talk about making it to the NBA Finals. I don't think we need
4: to be scared about talking about that. And I'm not saying that, you know, if they don't make it to the NBA Finals, it's a disappointment, but I think it's also okay to say, you know what, this is a team capable of doing that. Would I pick the Jazz to beat the Lakers in a seven-game series? I don't know, but the fact that I don't know right now means that
3: the Jazz have a pretty good chance. Catch Hanson and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join Tony and Austin Monday
0: 10 to noon, Ken Garf, West Valley. 4,175 West, 3,500 South. Craig Bolojack coming up in a minute. Want to talk a little uh, conference realignment, PK? Not now. I'm going to talk jazz. We can talk to that later. All right. Get to that and the rumors floating around out there. It's for the Utah Jazz. It's all about the anticipation. Mavs, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Beat a team with a winning record. It's a nice win. It's not a great
1: win, but they all count. Every every one of them. I mean, every every team has to play the Mavs, and you haven't played them yet. And they've got a they got a player that I love to watch play, Doncic. And so, yeah, go go get that win. It's, it's not, they just add to the total. You, it's like Joe Engel says. You try to get as many wins as you can. That's always the goal in the regular season. Get as many as you possibly can accumulate. And if you lose a couple, then get right back on the horse, so to speak, and try to get some more. And and, and at the end of the season, they, they're all adding up. I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't go crazy either way on this game. If you lose it, it's like, oh, man, you're a fraud. You're exposed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, w- I wouldn't do that. Nor would I say, look, I, they beat another team in the winning record, Man, jeez, look out. No, you, just, you really can't do that in the regular season NBA. You can't sweat anything unless you really suck or something like that. And, you know, things are really, really bad and you're about to lose your job and you're just awful or whatever it might be. Like, you look at the Lakers, they lost four in a row. All the teams with winning records. Okay. What does it mean? It me- what it means to me is that they're beatable. They're not this team that is this absolute juggernaut that everybody's pointing to and everything goes through the Laker version of the Staples Center. It very well could be, but it's not like it's just 95%.
0: It does go through the Staples Center with the Lakers and Clippers. It's hard to believe anyone would go through the West and not end up playing in the Staples Center, but it's the weird deal where there are two teams there.
1: Yeah. So, that, f- that four-game losing streak to them just showed me a level of vulnerability. And right now, the unbelievable thing in my mind is that this ball club looks invincible, even though I know that's it's, impossible. It's vincible. Yes. It's not invincible. But right now, it looks like Vince Papali. Nice. Nice. <laughs>
0: Or Marky Mark. Got to stick around for the end of that movie so you can see the real touchdown he scored, not the movie touchdown he scored.
1: That was a great movie, either way. Uh, so, that's where they are in my mind, right? I, I know it's temporary, so it doesn't even make sense, but they look invincible right now. So, I'm absolutely, tomorrow afternoon, I'm expecting them to win. And absolutely, Monday, I'm expecting them to win. And that's a great feeling to have.
0: I don't think I'm alone. In a weird way, and this doesn't make any sense, but that's the kind of stuff I like to blurt out. In a weird way, I feel better about them at 18-2 and than 20-0 because at 20-0, I'd get your invincible thing. I don't think they're invincible now because during this hot streak, I've watched them lose twice. Somehow, 18-2 and makes it more real. Now, if you had a chance to flip two losses into two wins, of course, you would do it, so that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but they didn't have Conley. We got <laughs> Conley now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? 18 and two plus Mike Conley, undefeated to the All Star break. Am I right, Bowler? <laughs>
4: oh my, what a run
0: that would be. Um,
4: you know, Mike uh, obviously has come back with uh, the spark and the playmaking skills that everyone thought he still had and hoped hoped he had. Yeah, I told uh, Coach Q the other night. I just thought he looked fresh mentally, uh, which also equals uh, the fresh side of the physical side of things. But I thought the mental side was maybe the most important part. Uh, You know, you said for 14 games, you can either do two things. You can kind of sulk and wither away. Uh, But he stayed engaged, guys, throughout this whole process of getting back on the floor, traveling with the team. And I think, you know, you saw the fact that he was still engaged by the way that, uh, the team responded to his uh, his pretty impressive play in in uh, you know what would you say fifteen eighteen minutes I don't have, I'm driving right now but they um, they basically had you know the whole team cheering for him wanting him to be back on the floor and maybe his biggest cheerleader was Quinn Snyder he wanted him back somehow in this rotation so so far so good and, and getting to your point I'm excited for tomorrow. Um, I'm excited to see how this team really does play against the Dallas, uh, the Houstons, uh, the Denver Nuggets, because strangely, as we have already passed the halfway mark, the NBA didn't schedule uh, any of those teams, and even the San Antonio Spurs uh, until now. So we're going to get a heavy dose, and I think we'll get a good, some good answers about just how good this team is right now.
1: Yeah, which is actually a favor when you think about it, because if they might have got those teams earlier, I don't know that they could have beaten them. And now, given the fact that they're playing as well as they are, I'd rather have these teams later. I'd rather have them post-Clarkson, post-Joe Ingles into the starting lineup, because this team, relative to where it was in September, well, September doesn't matter as much, but October and November, in my mind, they're just substantially better.
4: They are. They are. The Clarkson uh, acquisition and Dante's... You know, trade up to Cleveland, the release of Jeff Green, the more minutes for Tony Bradley. But I still think the Jordan Clarkson, uh, you know, trade uh, really significant PK energy, uh, the system, the green light to score, something that Jazz desperately needed in that second unit and a guy that really has relished that and is fit um, like a glove. To be honest, I didn't expect him to hit the floor, you know, running – with so much uh, understanding. I, I remember overhearing him uh, when he, the first day he was there and we had a chat with him uh, walking around on the, on the uh, practice floor, and he said, you know what, a lot of these plays, uh, I, I understand, they, they run some of these with the Cavs, and I just think he picked up the system. Uh, the language is always different, but the, the concept or the theory you know, are still the same, so he was able to make the adjustment, you know, he's, he's a veteran, he's been on an NBA, you know, title run team, and uh, I think it's paid off for, for what the Jazz are trying to do, and like I said, he's fit, and he's really helped energize that second
0: unit. How long is Conley on a minutes restriction, and what will the lineup opening, starting the game, but more importantly, finishing the game, look like when he's off the minutes restriction?
4: You know, that's a good question. I think that's still in progress, guys, honestly. I don't have that answer. Uh, That's a higher-level decision, but I I think, again, as you guys know, Coach Snyder's always been the way of, look, he's not really, tries not to put a lot of stock into starting, but at the same time, look how the Jazz have started games of late. I mean, the Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert combination on the pick-and-roll has been impressive, and uh, even his three-point shooting is out of sight, and Donovan's been solid throughout. And Gobert's offense all of a sudden has been like something you just kind of go, whoa, uh, I like the hook shot. Can you do that on a consistent basis? But, you know, I think the closing minutes is something we'll have to keep an eye on to see, you know, what rotations he, he likes and, and who he goes with, because those are the minutes that are going to count in these tough games and who is hot and who he trusts and how the matchups go.
1: You know what's interesting to me? We hear about handicap in the West. Well, these teams have stars. Houston has the stars. The Clippers have stars. And the Lakers have stars. And the Jazz, well, you know, the strength of the team is the team, and that's true. But I'm calling bullcrap on that the <laughs> Jazz don't have stars because I think when it's said and done, we got a new pair of statues, and these two guys at the top are bona fide superstars. I don't know if it's a reluctance to believe it because can you can't put them on the level of the original statues because my gosh, they were the foundation, and forever, a thousand years from now they'll be the foundation not that i think the world will exist but that's another story that and so i think that folks are just even in our own community they're reluctant to put these two dudes on that level and i'm saying i'm calling bs the jazz have two superstars also
4: you know pk if we were doing cable radio you could really speak your mind yeah right? hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey you know i'd say all this is great Great comments because you know the foundation has been built. There's no doubt. I mean, it's it's standing outside, and the owner and that building, by the way, uh, that was built so long ago. With uh, you know, the, we were talking about this the other day about David Stern being in town and up on that beam, you know, with Larry Miller writing their names, uh, and now you know the, the the building's been given a facelift. But all of it, pk we've all been around to see it. It's it's fascinating, and yeah, you know. 97 and 98 those years have ticked away and those statues still stand but i think a lot of people would like to see a couple of others another another layer of that foundation right yeah and i think we're going to see the coaches make the right decision uh with with donovan and rudy uh being placed in the all-star game both are worthy the other pieces of the jazz have their own worthiness i mean Joe Ingles is a guy you just can't help but respect and like in the way that he's savvy and crafty and plays this game at a high level. But the core, the heart, the heart beats, uh, you know, with Donovan and the strength of Rudy's defense. And, you know, you have to have core uh, players and all-star players to really go to the next level. And I think the Jazz in Donovan's third year especially has made that jump. You know, he passed the 45,000. Point scoring mark just the other night, and he joined the Jordans, the D. Wade's, the Mitch Richmonds, and the AIs of the world. And you know what? Those are those are elite athletes, right? And I don't think those numbers lie. I mean, what what the performances we are seeing before our eyes are players reaching levels since the days of of Carl and John. And you know, yeah, D. Will and Boozer. Had a great combination. They got to the Western Conference uh, Championship, but this is a different feel. It really is. It's a different. This is a different team level in my book.
0: Okay, that was forty five hundred, not forty five thousand, man. You just blew Kareem and Carl and oh, MJ and LeBron away. Oh, no, you yeah, were projecting ahead. He
1: wears forty five. So to he's gonna time. get forty five thousand. I knew exactly what you were thinking. <laughs>
4: See I had this car on my tail and I had to kind of swerve just and I guess I yeah, forty five hundred Yeah, That's, that's better. <laughs> if it was forty five thousand, we would be building stat statue yeah. as we speak. So
0: he's really scoring at an unbelievable rate. <laughs> Donovan's averaging 200 points a game. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, unreal every night. (laughs) I'm curious because when you travel with the team, you have a chance to get to know guys and just have casual conversations, and they'll tell you stuff because they know you're not going to go blurt it on the air and make them silly. But you're all watching and thinking this stuff all the time. How can you not talk about it, right? There has to be yep. that kind of level of. And I'm curious. So you don't have to give anybody up specifically, if you you know, if it's going to get you in trouble. But I'm just curious. If 20 games ago, were there any short conversations, any looks or not ahead, like it's about to get really good? You know, there were there was. Ingalls doesn't just go into the starting lineup one day. There's debate for a while, and different people get on board at different points, and you finally decide to do it, right? And maybe a trade can happen in a moment because you're waiting for another team. But when they know they've got Clarkson coming, they've already run a gazillion computer simulations on what they think the bench is going to look like once he's there. So I'm just curious of getting on the bus one day at some anonymous road trip. Somebody said, Look out, I think it's about to get a lot better.
4: Well, you remember... GJ, I mean, I think Donovan, he told me the game before Toronto that we're taking this or after the game. And he, I said, you know, you told me, yeah, I remember. And it, look what we're doing. And I, I think there was a slow rise to what you just said. No one with the start that Jazz had. Uh, I think that there was a time that Rudy has made a mention that he wanted to be a better defender and he had to be more engaged and he made those comments in in post game uh and uh, months ago and all of a sudden it all just kind of filtered to the top i think when you have two stars growing together there's uh, obviously some degree of okay who takes the lead and i think that was probably part of the the issue earlier was okay Donovan Rudy uh you know Mike Conley is injured uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're kind of we're, we're been staggered a little bit. Where are we going? Who wants to take the lead? I think they figured it out. Uh, Joe gets back in the lineup. Mike gets healed up. Now maybe he, for the moment, is coming off the bench. I don't see how the way this team is running and winning ball games right now that that's going to change, especially with the extension of the contract of, of Royce O'Neill. But, hey, uh, I, I don't think I've seen a deeper team that has more scoring and different combinations that Quinn Snyder can use right now. And I think that is kind of fearful for a lot of teams in the West Let me just, and around the NBA. Let me just say this. It's been a while since we've walked into an arena since I've been calling games that I actually felt that the crowd and just the coaching staff of the, of the opponent actually is kind of fearful of having the, having the jazz in the building. Uh, and I think that run of road wins is proof positive what, of what we're discussing right now because, in all honesty, you know, that didn't happen since the Carl and John days where you could walk in and actually say, hey, man, we're going to win on the road. And I get that feeling a lot right now that the confidence is that high. Uh, and they play methodically. They play, again, I know people get tired of saying, and you said it, the team concept, but it's real. It's real. These, these guys are on a mission. And I think, you know, for Jazz fans, they hope they, they reach their, their goal title town that'd be great
1: and what better team to
0: more appropriately be on a mission than the jazz totally agree no off position on the genius switch bowler he just he just keeps him yeah. coming
4: <laughs> yeah look look at his i mean you know like i said you know he was he wants to build statues dj he, he you know the foundation the second layer he wants to build it so
1: what's
4: what's uh build it and they will come there you go
1: yeah i'm telling you right. this is the place <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: I love it. I think I it's it. obvious, it's fun, man. It's a fun
1: time and sure I think it is.
4: It's been, you know it's it's uh you know winning for my job and for all of us. yeah You know, jazz fans, you know, it's like wow, you sit back and watch the whole process and it was tough to start and look, remember the summertime the level was so high and then it dipped because all the Prognosticators believe the Jazz would be at the top of the West, or at least in that second spot. And lo and behold, here we are, 44 games in, uh, and the Jazz are number two for the moment. I think the battle to come is is right before us. And again, everyone wants answers. I think we're going to find out a lot in the next two weeks, home and away.
1: I threw this at Locke the other day, and I said, because you had said it on the broadcast the other night, that the Jazz being alone in second is where a lot of people forecasted them, and here they are. And that's true. I can't argue with that. But I think, to me, the big surprise is when we forecasted them halfway through the season approaching the All-Star break as being in second place we assumed a major contribution from Mike Conley and yet here they are in this position without, due to multiple circumstances, that major contribution from Mike Conley. So that's the big surprise. The surprise isn't that they're there. It's the surprise is how they got there because we expected Conley to be one of the leaders in terms of being the better players and because of injuries and other issues, it's not that case.
4: Yeah, no, totally agree. And when they write this season, that will be part of uh, of the history of of what happened, right? Uh, And the fact that the Clarkson trade uh, made a a huge change. He had only lost, what, one game so far. That's amazing during this run. I mean, and remember the two losses were uh, against Miami by three and an overtime loss in New Orleans. So those are interesting to kind of put up in this whole, you know, 20-game run. And... Uh, you're right, though. Mike Conley—that was the big trigger for most of the the writers uh, around the country, broadcasters who said that Jazz just made a, a, a huge move. And in reality, it may turn out to be that way, but it didn't start that way. PK, you're, you're you're right. The Jazz had had to make adjustments during his, you know, during him his time off the floor. I think Clarkson, Donovan, regrouping, and Rudy's defense and his offense now that has really started to kind of. It's really impressive. I mean, they're finding him, and Joe, I think, was the spark to get him back involved in the offense. They've had a connection because, I think, of the longevity they've had, the two longest-tenured Jazz players. They know each other, and he was a guy that Mike, I think, had trouble adjusting to in the early games because of his play with Gasol in Memphis, different type of big man. Joe was a little bit more acclimated with the way he needed the ball, and all of a sudden the Jazz, you know, start, start running off wins, so... Uh, hopefully it keeps rolling and health is the biggest key guys health they're deep but you have to stay healthy to take your way to the top
0: bowler as always we appreciate a few minutes thanks for checking in and a rare saturday afternoon game
4: yeah a little matinee i guess that's prime time over in paris so uh gobert fans there will get a chance to see him uh they don't have to go to uh, wake up at three in the morning so yeah it's kind of an interesting thing but nba's been doing that a little bit i think this is our second game they call the international uh spotlight or what have you so in the states it's early but overseas which of course we have a lot of you know uh international players is a chance for some of their fans to see them and not wake up at three in the morning so yeah three o'clock in the afternoon after dinner after the game it's dinner time boys dinner
0: yeah <laughs> there you go thanks Buller. all right see you soon Greg Bolerjack, you always like it when Rudy's challenged. See, that's a challenge for Rudy. You're that's in the true. international window, Rudy. They're watching in Paris. It's whatever the time difference is, 1011 whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole point of them doing yeah. it. That's what we were told earlier in the season. Makes so, sense. Yeah, it, to, it totally Sell has. more jerseys. Make more fans. Mm. Let's have a
1: toast to good health.
0: To good, good health.
1: health. Hey, Yach, do it symbolically. To good health. Again, just do it. Salute.
0: Salute! (laughs) My skinny little thermos. Yox got his two gallon thermos in there. Half gallon. Do you have a big thermos? Let's leave that alone.
3: (laughs) DJVK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show.
0: Just talked with Craig Bowler, Yeah, that talking was fun. jazz. That was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what? what is wrong with you? This is a lot of fun. <laughs> I agree. To have this team just win like this, we were actually discussing that at Channel Two last night. This sucks having the Jazz off for two days. I want another game. The NBA, we always crack on the schedule when they make them play four and five or some hideous back-to-back. But it's been a long stretch, and this has probably been part of the deal that they've been playing every other day. I'd make them play 162 games just like MLB. (laughs) Test your depth. Double them up. (laughs) Doesn't work like that. I, I think
1: people around here are reluctant to realize we have statues in the making. It's like it's too good to be true. I don't want to believe
3: it. Yes.
0: I think there's a lot to that. They want it to happen so badly, and they don't want to be the first one who goes running out and says, Hey, 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 and then, you know, have the rug pulled out from under you. It gonna happen. (laughs) It gonna happen. Yeah. PK.
1: It gonna happen. (laughs) Look at it, man. LeBron's short term.
0: There was this, who was just talking about that? Like, LeBron, this is great, but he's not going to be doing it at, he at 38 Come and on. 40. To this level? Yeah. Oh, somebody was talking about him catching Kareem, that he can't score at this level. just that, wanted to hang around. Just in that Brooklyn game, he just did several awesome things. Well, plays. he's I know in, it's in New York City.
1: He's
0: dialed in. But he'll be dialed in in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so he's going to do it. Yeah, he could very well do right. it this year. Well, I'm not talking about this year. I'm just saying look at the future
0: and why isn't this team a strong contender? And if you're a strong contender for five years then at some point you kick the door down, theoretically. Knock on wood, you hope.
1: Sure. Things that you gotta get some breaks along the way for sure. There's no doubt about that. But you I don't know about uh, Kawhi Leonard if he's resting this much. You know, how much is he having the thing? And then we I saw something, oh, that the chemistry and the culture of the Clippers because they keep favoring these dudes, he called off a shoot around. And the other players were upset about it. Yeah. So you can only give him so much preferential treatment because he hasn't done jack with the Clippers. So.
0: Are well, they going to have chemistry yeah. issues? They're going to rear their ugly head.
1: And then who else? Right, and then, Denver, I guess. Yeah, and, and the other thing and then is there'll be other teams. Dallas can get better,
0: and Dallas can get. Better. Who knows? Yes. And the Thunder got eighty-seven picks, and maybe they hit. On <laughs> half, if you hit on half of but them, but it still could it, it it be a ways good. away. Because those are young guys have to go in the league, get experience. Who knows? Right.
1: Uh, but what we do know here is you've got two guys that, when it's said and done, can be as good as the statues. Because it's a different era.
3: So Mitchell, would be, Mitchell
0: won't set any career lifetime records that will stand forever. Because it's a different era. But he'll play on two Olympic teams. And he'll
1: score a ton of points.
0: Because they're going to pick that. And the, win a
1: right. couple, bunch
0: of games. If you're going to be a top ten player for a good chunk of time, then you're going to end up on the Olympic team a couple times. And I'm not downgrading the statues whatsoever.
1: Because Stockton in his prime was as good as anybody who's ever played the game. In his prime. Was as good as anybody.
0: As the thing anybody. is when you say statues, and, and I get all that and malone was a beast for so many years right and they have i mean they don't have the championship but they have five western conference finals i know and two nba finals Uh, and and since then there's one conference uh, final and no nba Finals. but since then they haven't had this talent either right so are we about to go on a run like that well, as you always do and it's kind of a media thing, and I don't know if people kind of get it, but we really get it because we've done it. Cancel the June vacations! Okay, that's actually a real thing. <laughs> there's, there's people with wedding anniversaries and birthdays. <laughs> you stand at shoot-arounds and you talk to people I was going like, to take yep. my,
1: twife, my wife on a trip around the world, and now I can't do it.
0: Oh, dang it. You're such a good guy, and yet there's right. just nothing you can do.
1: No, we're just going to go to St. George, maybe. And come back. Because got, got, we got we got games. Get some
0: more uh, preferential treatment from starters on local courses.
1: Well, if you, you know, you tell them they look nice and their hair looks beautiful. And you give them a shout out on TV. And you do that, yeah.
0: I know how to treat women, Dave. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I think that means it's break time. That's what Yach's going to tell me. Break, David, he's starting to. Look out, PK's. And women will tell you I know how to treat them well. That's the great thing about it. And when we come back, is the Mountain West Conference going to treat Boise State well? Or are some of the random crazy rumors out there actually have a shred of tooth to them? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.